Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and today we're talking about online church. Back in March of 2020, we all found ourselves rapidly pivoting to online forms of ministry. Almost every single church found a way to put their worship services online. And as the pandemic stretched on, we kept seeing more and more creativity as churches found a way to run even more of their ministries online. But now that we're getting closer to the finish line of COVID, we're facing the question of what place these online forms of ministry should have in our churches as we move forward. There's generally agreement that we can't go back and that online ministry is here to stay. But what exactly does that look like? I had the chance to sit down and talk with Zach Yaku about this. Zach is the pastor of Village Online at Village Church, and he shared about how they're using their online church site to reach people with the gospel all over the world in ways they never would have been able to do otherwise. Zach has a passion for engaging people in gospel-centered community, and you'll get to hear about how they're finding ways to do that authentically online. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Zach Yaku. Well, hey, Zach, welcome to the podcast. Or uh, I should probably say welcome back to the podcast because this is your second time on here, isn't it? Yes, I'm a two-peat. Has, has there been anyone else who's been no, two times? I'm pretty sure you're the first one, which means you are the celebrity, <laughs> our Fellowship Pacific podcast celebrity. Oh, I'm honored. Yeah. Well, I feel like I should say, you might say it later, but I help produce some of these podcasts. <laughs> so I'm secretly on all podcasts. That's you right. just don't hear me. Um, but I love, I love here, I love being here and thanks so much for having me again. Yeah. Well, you're right. Cause this podcast really would not exist without you. So everyone who enjoys this podcast, you owe Zach a big thank you because he does a lot of work behind the scenes, but, uh, you do a lot of other awesome stuff too, which is why we've, well, why we've had you on twice now. Um, so for anyone who maybe didn't listen to that other episode or needs a refresher, why don't you tell us, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so my name is Zach. I am living in Surrey. I grew up in Surrey, BC. Um, I am married to a wonderful wife. Uh, we have no children, but we recently did get a COVID cat who has separation anxiety because I work from home and whenever I leave to go to the office, it's nothing but meowing. Um, but yeah, I currently am at uh, Village Church serving as our online pastor. I've been on staff at Village for almost seven years. Uh, I've done a variety of roles. I did not start as our online pastor. Uh, I've done kids ministry, discipleship, our associate pastors at one of our sites. And then I help with church planning as well. Uh, I did that before this role and now I still help um, with church planning, which is a huge part of our online site as well is kind of they partner together in some senses of of the word and um i also uh my connection to uh fellowship is that i did the immerse program i uh, just graduated that last year uh gave my masters of divinity I did that alongside of village and uh, that's where got to develop relationships with all the staff at Fellowship Pacific. I know we got to do a consultation together. Um, Krista was my mentor. David was just always around. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of the connection. That's where the idea of this podcast started. And I love podcasts as kind of another thing along with this digital age, my passion for listening to podcasts, producing podcasts, creating podcasts for fun um, in all different genres. And um, yeah, so that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. Yeah, you're very intertwined with us. And then you and I work together at Village for a little bit too. That's right. So, I mean, you, you're just obvious. This is why you're on twice, the first person to be on twice, because you're, you're Zach. Right. <laughs> but today we're talking about uh, this online church because your title at Village is as you said, pastor, uh, village online. And, you know, I mean, obviously this, the idea of online church and online ministry, it's not new. It's been around for, for a while and there's always been conversation around it. And of course, as always the debates, you know, and is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do we call it online church? But then COVID hit and all of a sudden 
all of us were jumping into the online world because because really it was the only real option for mm-hmm. being able to gather together. Um, but now we're, we're starting to look forward into the post-COVID reality that legitimately seems to be on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, and I've noticed that the conversation, you know, when we're talking about post-COVID church and what's it going to look like, there's a lot of questions again around online and, and what, you know, what place does and should the online tools and spaces we've been using have in our ministries as we go forward into a time when we can meet again so technically they're kind of optional and and I know this is something you think about because this is literally your role Uh, so I'm very excited to have this conversation with you Um, I thought before we jump into it why don't we get some clarity though because words mean different things to different people Um, and I think it's important that we're clear about what we're actually talking about so what like when you say when you talk about online church what are what are you talking about yeah, I think that's a super important question. And I've got the privilege to chat with a bunch of different pastors from all over North America. And um, it's interesting that this question, I don't think is being asked enough. Um, there's just an assumption because I've talked to online pastors and I've had to tell them I'm mentoring a couple of young guys in uh, different parts of America and being like, your organization doesn't have a job description for you. So that's this a fundamental problem is that we jumped to online so fast. Online became this hot word. Let's hire an online pastor. Well, what does that mean? Why does and and so I think that's a great question, the most important question. So for my context and my role, the most important thing to define it is who you are a pastor of. And that is the question. And so for me, there's two types of people that I pastor. The first is probably what would be common for a lot of every church is people that connect with us first uh, through online means. And during COVID, that's everyone, uh, you know, for our new people that would that would connect. They don't walk through our door first. They engage with us on social media. They watch more commonly. You'd probably say they watch our service. So they've worshipped with us. They've engaged with us. Now we want them to respond. Who's helping them respond? So that would be the first thing. And I'll explain more about that in a second. But the second type of people are people that live outside of one of our locations. So at Village Church, we're a multi-site church. Um, So it's a little bit easier for us to add another site. So we have added what we call the online campus. And this is for people that live anywhere within probably 20 minutes of one of our uh, physical locations. Say you're not going to attend one of our physical locations. We still want you to be part of our church. You are going to be part of our online site. And that's confusing. Almost I've been tempting uh, to even use this anywhere church is almost a better um, help being more clarified. But online makes sense because how are you going to watch our services? You're always going to watch them online. Who are you going to engage with? Well, you're going to engage with me as your pastor online. I'm going to have Zoom calls with you. I'm going to have phone calls with you. I'm going to send you, uh, I might send you mail, so that's not online, Um, but it's going to be virtually or not face-to-face. Now, you might have relationships with other congregant members online, but we actually hope that you would eventually have physical relationships with other congregant members, that you would be in community Um, it's kind of weird to say that one is better. We don't really want to say one is better than the other, but probably if I had to say, you know, I would love for you to get into local community, you would be doing life together. And as a community, you'd be part of our global, uh, village online site. So going back to the first people, my goal is when those people interact I would funnel them and connect them to one of our local sites if you live within 20 minutes. You you attend, one of our sites is in Surrey. You could be living right next door. You didn't, you checked out the service for the first time. You've been watching for a couple weeks. You kind of sign up for something. I get your email. We start a connection and then uh, that's how you ease into our church. And then I say, hey, you know, would be great. Um, We actually have a community group of people that attend Surrey would you want to join that? And can I connect you with the lead pastor? And he'd love to hear your story. And then you would walk there Sunday morning. I've been doing that now, connecting with our local sites. 
but they, they're still not able to walk in the door. So we're living in a gray area. So that's kind of my role, if that helps explain it. I, I think that's really helpful, actually, because we often talk about the church being the people. And, and quite honestly, that's even been through COVID. A, a common thing is, remember, the church is not a place. It's the people. And so I love that you're defining it by who are you pastoring. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really great way of... Uh, of looking at it. And, um, you know, you, you talked about how you have all these different sites and I know that, you know, when you look on the village website, you can go to locations and, you know, Surrey, Coquitlam, Abbotsford, Calgary, like all of these locations. And then online is there as well. Um, but is it's, it's not the same as these Mm -hmm. physical locations. Like what's different. Yeah. And, And it isn't, it is a site and it isn't a site. And this is my gray, especially in COVID because it's extra gray. Um, Yeah. So in some ways, especially when you look at who you're pastoring, it almost acts as a bigger front door. Is this Mm -hmm. what we would say corporate village wide uh, field to say, this is who we are. Um, Come join us. Who's going to connect with you first. And it's been interesting. We're actually developing more strategies about how to do this better Um, to actually not just passively receive people, but how to actively engage, like go after people. You know, what would it, someone who just likes one of your Facebook posts, you know, that's probably one of the least passive ways of engaging. But I see you, you're there. We don't have your information in our database, but you're aware of us as a church. Can I just reach out to you? Could we start Mm -hmm. to form a relationship? And... This is part of online and different parts of it. And and I think it's even more great because churches have been doing this in some capacities, not just village, but all churches Mm -hmm. um, do this to some capacity. And we didn't categorize it as online. You know, you're an online pastor. Uh, You just met your neighbor and you were evangelistic to them, that you are just missionally talking to them, engaging with them. So in some senses, you know, almost to jump ahead into this whole conversation, I think every pastor needs to just be more fluent with online technology. All churches just need to up our game because our digital age is here. That's where we uh, engage in content. This is not just a church thing. This is due to COVID. It is um, totally escalated the way that we engage with content. You go to any conference now, like how many conferences have we signed up for? That's it. I'm going to watch those later. They're offering for free this year. I'm not even, I don't even know when it is. Just send me the recording after, like I will watch it and skim through it on my own time. That's how we engage with conferences now. Um, and I even attended, uh, the church online summit conference. And it was interesting how they did their pay scale. You can watch it live for free. If you want to watch it anytime within like a week after, you can pay 100 bucks or something. If you want the recordings forever, you can pay the 250 kind of or team package, right? It's like, okay, wow. this is the new this scaling, like how you attend conferences. And there'll probably be, if you want to come live, here's the thing. If you want to watch online, here's the thing. So This is, and this is not just in the church world. This is, conferences are a huge thing everywhere, right? So this is how, you know, the second biggest social media platform is YouTube, you know, and that's, you know, we don't often think about YouTube as, you know, social media, um, but it is. That's how you engage with content. uh, That's how you can interact with people. So as churches, we need to just become more fluent in this. This is how our world is talking, and we need to talk like that. Now, as an online pastor, I am not an expert in all those things. I want to be, the online site should be leading our church in a lot of those things, but some of them are our corporate church. We have social media people. They're very good at social media. We have a digital content creator um, who does this better than me. He creates content on basically YouTube is the platform of choice. And, you know, he created this video with our pastor, uh, Pastor Mark, who's our senior teaching pastor. He was uh, reacting to some videos and it went viral. You know, it had a hundred and twenty plus 
thousand views. And because he knows YouTube, he understands it and he's creating content directly for that site, uh, for the social platform. And now we do this, you know, make sure your Facebook graphic and your Instagram graphic are different dimensions. You know, make sure you don't say link in bio and Facebook because you could actually post the link. Make sure you do have a link in bio. Like these are subtle things how we target the platforms to reach the people on those platforms. That's ultimately why we do any of this. So um, right. I don't so, remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, but you're, I mean, you're right. You're talking a lot about the, it's a lot of this content that at, at different scales, because every church has different capacities and, sure. and whatever, but most have been doing a lot of this already. And, yes. but you know, when you, uh, we actually had, so we've been doing these, these panel discussions around post-COVID church. And one of our panelists said in one of them uh, that with, with the online, we almost missed before that behind the screen, there's a real person who needs real care and real discipleship. And so when you talk about that, like, on Facebook, you're like, yeah, that's a that's a passive whatever. But there's a real person pressing that like button, right. and so now, you know, you've got the content. And content is great for informing us and and whatever. But you're there to then go after that person. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Kind of in your job. Yeah, and we'd actually see examples of this, like before, for pastors or churches that got big and had a, a reach outside of their local contacts, before what would happen is probably the pastor as the content creator would kind of create a ministry. Like we saw that with Mark Driscoll, for example. We saw that, you know, big multi-site church in Seattle, Mark Driscoll got big, he created Mark Driscoll Ministries. And this was basically just the content overflow of what was happening at the church. But what was not happening with the ministries is relationship, pastoral support, um, you know, membership as in the connection to the church, um, disciplines in those areas. It wasn't all the aspects of a church. So all we're doing now is saying now content overflow is happening at every church, whether you like it or not. Someone who, who has watched your content in this past year that would have not stepped into your building I think that should be an encouragement to every pastor listening. Understand that, and that is an encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, despite how bad you think your camera gear is, your audio, your website, uh, yes, they could all be better, um, but someone has watched, which is cool. So now you're just going to come alongside that with relationship, pastoral relationship, support, um, all your church structure and programming that's just going to come alongside that now and right. now you have how this person is going to first engage at your church which mm. is amazing i think so then it, we were talking about differences between the physical locations and an online right. location um when it comes to that engagement because you know i you know at your physical locations there's there's kids ministry and youth ministry mm -hmm. and um all sorts of other things like are, are there parts of those that you are able to do online are there things that you haven't done like where where does the differentiation happen there yeah it's been really cool for me that we've basically we've done almost every single thing at village church that we have as our ministries as our programming every aspect of it um i've got to experience so we have our biggest thing is community groups. We definitely have community groups. We got lots of them and things are happening. We've done, we run freedom session. We've done freedom session. We've done alpha, you know, four of our, uh, we've had more than four, but we had four groups that have completed alpha and now are actively community groups. And yeah. it's like, that's amazing. Love that. Um, we've, we had a baptism in South Africa. Um, yeah. And you can check this out. One of the sermons it's going to be dropping, uh, it will be uh, April 28th. Is that Sunday? Go back to that sermon. Mark is, is sharing this video and he shows this video. So this couple, not couple, it's, it's two girls. Girl was in our, one of our community groups. Uh, we have what we call an international group. It's got people from England, South Africa, Norway, Philippines, China. Um, some of those time zones, people have to wake up in the middle of the night. Um, 
we're trying to start more so they don't have to, but we're working on it. So girl was coming, has been part of this community. She's brought her friend. They've been engaging. She's just had such a pastoral heart to her, ministered to her, helped her trying to show her what it means to be a Christian within life of other Christians. They've been engaging with sermon. She decided to give her life to Jesus and her friend baptized her in Crocodile River is what it calls. There's no crocodiles, I don't think, but that's the name of it. And it was amazing. So we've had baptisms. Um, I just recently got to do premarital with a couple. That was kind of my last thing that we we have a preparing for marriage course. A random couple uh, in Kelowna, BC. They've been tracking with Village. They reached out and we've been meeting and doing premarital stuff, which is amazing. Um, so we see all of this. Now, a couple, we have kids ministry. We do kids online. Um that is kind of a one-way street right now. Um, so I, that is not the fullness of one of our sites. You don't meet your leader. You don't build a relationship that way. We would definitely like to step that up. Um, probably will just happen more post-COVID when some of our site organization, how we structure this, how are you going to staff this, we'll just kind of wait on some of that stuff. Um, because all of our church has that experience with kids ministry right now. Um, although some of our kids staff is actively building relationship with parents, we just don't have a designated kids person for the online site right now. Um, so that would be a, one of our goals and probably will happen. Um, and then youth is, it is the same. Um, we've got to include some online students into our local programming though which has been great. Um, We've had some students reach out and say, hey, you can fit this format. Um, Just come online and we can go with you. Although online, for all you youth pastors out there, has has been a struggle. I think it was just a reality that youth ministry does not work as good over Zoom, um, which is totally fine. But it does work what we found better in home groups than maybe large groups. We've seen an increase in numbers in that way. Uh, I'm no expert on youth. So, um, you know, anyways, go to listen to some youth podcasts on the Propel Network, uh, the Propel podcast. Um, so we would like to have a youth person though and engage. The problem is just numbers is youth is a bit smaller. Um, so getting that started, you need a little bit of critical mass before you can make that happen. So those would be the two But of course, we have guest services ministries, online hosting, being able to pray for people. We've done tons of that with the church online platform. It's made for that. It's been great. Um, You know, sending people cards, Christmas Mm -hmm. cards, uh, thank you cards, uh, you know, emails, um, meeting with people. um, All of that's happening. So I would say everything that we're doing, um, we have young adults happening online. We have women's ministry. I mean... Those are just specific ministries for those people. Young adults are being ministered to, women are being ministered to, men are being ministered to. Um, That all happens in amongst our community groups. So yeah, basically everything we do as a church is is fully happening uh, on for Village Online. Awesome. Well, and then uh, you kind of alluded to this uh, about the whole front door thing, and we we also had. few months ago on the podcast we had jay kim who talks about analog yeah. church and he used this analogy about uh, that kind of same thing at the online your online presence is like the front door of your house and eventually you want to invite people into the living spaces where they can do life together and break bread together and, and all of that so yeah. when you look at the online church you're, you're doing all of these things but uh, um you know he, he would argue that there's there's something that happens when you're physically in person together and um do you see this as kind of just like a bigger broader front door or is it more like its own house like are you you kind of alluded to when people live close to a location you're going to try and connect them there again hopefully soon when we're able to actually meet in person like right now everything's put aside but um what does that look like for, and I guess there's different populations too. Like you said, some are close, yeah. some are elsewhere. What's the goal? Yeah. Well, I would say this. So yeah, when just to summarize your question, like, is it, is online community as good as physical community? It's kind the big, of, it's the big question of today, right? Yeah. So 
here's a st story. I have an online community group. I'm in Surrey. Um, a lot of people are from Edmonton in that group and a lot of people from Saskatchewan and different parts, right? I've met all these people over the past year. I've never met any of them in person. Uh, we meet every week, um, have built a relationship with lots of these people. Um, a girl in the group, her and her husband attend and have taken a leadership role. And I'll try to say this without getting emotional because I do every time. She, they've been part, Christians their whole life, um, been part of church. And she said one night, time in group, she's like, guys, you know, me and my husband, we've been part of church our whole life. We've been youth ministry. We've done kids ministry. We've been part of small groups. We've served in the church. This is the first time ever that we have actually felt connected to people. Um, but she said, this is the first time um, that we have ever felt connected hmm. in our church walk. And that just blew me away. Um, if I didn't edit it out, I just, we cut it because I had to take a second to compose myself. Um, and so for me, I'm in like, People can get connected because I think the question is not about community as if we're physically together. It's about mm -hmm. gospel-centered community. Mm. And if you don't have that in your church context, then you're going to look for that. And it, you will rather take that over Zoom for people that don't live next door. That is because it's not better or it's do you have it or do you not have it? You can't just have community with people if it's not gospel-centered, on-mission, loving Jesus community. If that's not happening, then you'll take it any way you can get. And I've seen that. We've seen hundreds of people who have been engaged in community groups. These aren't just watchers. These are engagers. Mm -hmm. um, I had a cool experience the other day. Um, we're in B.C., our restrictions are like crazy right now. No one in our houses. Um, but the other day, I just had this reflection. I was, we had a call. I think we we're doing a community group um, coaching session. Um, so my wife is is really involved. She leads a community group. They started as an alpha. Now she's meeting with people in Seattle and uh, Alberta and uh, Kelowna. And she has people from all over. Um, San Diego, there's one girl there. And so she's been on the calls all the time. Um, so she has her group. We, we're doing coaching though with all of our leaders. We're doing Zoom calls and we did a Zoom call and I was texting with someone and then Lauren was on the call with someone and then she jumped on the phone with someone and we we're about to go do something else. It's really Wednesdays are crazy at our house. And I just, God just put this thing. Our house is so full right now. Mm. It's so full. There's 18 different relationships happening right now. I felt like there was a party spiritually in my house. This person, that person, this person. We've never met any of these people in real life. Like, actually, she met her one girl and she came and uh, was visiting here and she got to have dinner with her, which was cool. But I've never met any of these people in real life. I'm jumping on the phone, texting with all these people and it's gospel-centered community. It's gospel, like, just heart of it. And these are relationships. So mm. maybe, I, I mean, I don't even want to have the argument of like, is is physical better online? You can never convince me that online is not good because I've experienced it full heartedly. People come to know Jesus. I've got the benefit of making friends, praying together, praying for each other, people's family members, um, just having health issues, deaths in our community group you know, um, tons of just different heartaches. We've been there. We've been praying together. We've been texting WhatsApp because, you know, we're in community. We're com in communication more than lots of people that live next door to each other or live in mm -hmm. the same town as each other. We're texting all the time. We're calling all the time. We're seeing each other at least once a week, multiple times on Zoom. Um, would I like to meet with, live with these people? Yeah, 100%. But is, is God moving right now? Yeah, 100%. So, that's kind of my take on it. And, um, you know, for the group in Edmonton, there's a group, you know, I would love for them to meet in person and mm -hmm. I wouldn't be part of that. So now these people, and we've actually seen it. One member of our uh, group uh, met another member. They lived in different parts of Edmonton and didn't know each other whatsoever. Um, he is kind of like a, they've done youth before. He's a really fun young adult guy. 
um, they had some kids and he's like, Hey, I, he's talking about all these fun things he's planned for like youth and his friends. And he's like, I'm going to plan this like scavenger hunt for your kids. And he drives to their house. He, he's sending them postcards, like clues and they're waiting and they're talking about on this group, all this crazy stuff. That's community that's happening. And they, and I'm not involved cause I live, you know, in a province over and however many hours away, but they're chatting they're now getting physical relationship so that can't happen with everyone it's not like a promise but it's gonna happen and if not then what would it look like for you to start a group and invite your neighbors over to your house talk about this curriculum talk about life and then people actually give their lives to jesus and you've created that community so that's our goal yeah it happens uh you know i'm, I'm passionate about it obviously, which is, which is amazing. I mean, well, one, it's amazing because it's your job and it's good to be passionate about your job, but also just your heart for people and, uh, and for that real gospel community is so inspiring. And I love hearing the story. Um, you know, and actually also, we, I mean, we just had, um, you know, we had, uh, Shayla Visser on the podcast from yeah. Alpha and she was talking about how they never thought Alpha Online could right. work. But actually, they've had, you know, people are more vulnerable and more willing to engage in the conversations online. And, um, you know, one thing I was wondering, because, you know, you say that and, and it, it makes sense, too, because our world is so global with the Internet anyway. So a lot of us, at least in our generations, a lot of us are used to connecting, like having online friends is not necessarily a, a weird thing. Right. Do you see any difference between generations in terms of the engagement in this? Um, and, um, yes. Yeah. So like our international group is mostly young adults. So mm -hmm. we see that as, yeah, these are people who, um, are looking for, I think, yeah, I think just naturally we're, uh, we're becoming more fluent with um, internet, social platforms. So I definitely think this is very normative. Um, my brother, he's, it's funny talking about my brother. He's not a Christian, but anyways, great guy. Um, he has been in the social, you know, internet world. He's going to Japan um, to a wedding of his friend he's never met in person. They've been friends. He's probably one of his best friends. Uh, lives guy who lives in Japan and um, yeah so of course there's very normative in our world um, but I do think you know because of COVID everyone's been forced to go online I do think all generations are represented in my community group we have uh, grandparents age we have parent age we have young adult age um, so I think this has pushed everyone to take a step. Now, probably the older generation will prefer to do more in person. It won't be um, as natural to them. But how many, you know, grandma and grandpa on a Zoom call, they've all had a birthday in the past year. And yep. unless you're able to see them, you probably have taught to teach them how to jump on Zoom call. And so they're, it's becoming normative for everyone. But yeah, younger generation would definitely mm. see as just how it happens. That thanks. I was just curious as you were talking about that. Um, and I also wonder, you know, because, you know, as I brought up, it, it's that kind of argument of which is better. But I wonder if when we, you know, when the when the conversation goes to no in person is better, I wonder if what we have in our mind is more the person just sitting and passively consuming information from the screen. And we need to differentiate between taking in information and actual relationships and community whether they're online or in person right like that might be some of the concern that people have is if, if that's what they're imagining a hundred percent and i'm not one to say you know online is the only thing i live in surrey when church opens up I'm going to go to the physical location. Like I'm going to go to my church. It's not like I'm the pastor and it's not like I'm, you know, so I can't, I'm not going to lie about that. You know, I got to have, um, you know, sitting with someone the other day, um, you know, locally part of our church, we got to have a coffee outside. Um, it was great. Like I loved it. It was like, I even joked. It's like, this reminds me of the old times, you know, sitting and talking with someone from church, not on zoom, especially because I'm on zoom so much. 
And I've had a lot of meetings with this person over Zoom. So, of course, that's good. That's great. Um, I would love for everyone to have gospel-centered relationships um, with people who live next door and they do life together. I have friends that I do life together, and I'm not going to give those up. No, I love that. I think that's better. I wish everyone would have that. And for someone who doesn't have that, I want to help and build them and get them there. And the first step is to accept Jesus, to know that he's your Lord and Savior. Second step is to walk with other Christians and develop that relationship. Next step is to find some people locally that you can do more life together. Mm. Um, And that step from two to three, I don't think there has to be a timeline on that. Because as long as it's happening, we're growing. We're all growing in our sanctification towards Jesus. Some of it, it happens throughout our whole life. We don't get there until we die. So I think just understanding that it's a process. And as long as we're looking in the right direction, walking down the path, then we should be celebrating that. And if more people, in fact, we want more people on the path. So we should be doing everything in our power to get people on the path. And Mm. now we're not restricted by how far we can drive. And that's amazing. Like, why wouldn't we be utilizing every single sense of that to help people find Jesus? That's unreal. Hmm. So this is um, probably a silly question based on everything you've just said. Uh, But you think there's a place then for online church in the post-COVID world? There has to be. (laughs) And, you know, it's, I think goes back to your definition because, or your first question, what does that mean? Hmm. That's so new still, you know, even though I've told you, like for us to inherently know that, let's talk again in five years, Yeah. you know, after people have experienced it and done it, I don't confess or profess to know what I'm talking about. Like, this is what I've experienced. This is the direction I think we should go. I'm going to keep running in that direction, but I'm going to fall on my face and like realize I was going in the wrong direction. So this is something I want to talk about too, um, is how this has helped in another way about us um, breaking down barriers and walls in the church, the like the big church. Mm. I've so much enjoyed, and I think it's been a blessing from God that this has helped us work together and actually be on mission, not just in denominations, not just in certain camps, but globally as churches, um, we get to to work together. And one way that that happens is I can go to your church and I can see what you're doing and get some ideas and then reach out to you. Can we just schedule a Zoom call? Can we talk about it? I've talked to so many pastors. Um, I mean, one reason because our lead pastor, Mark Clark, was on the Carrie Newhoff podcast, Mm -hmm. which is a very big podcast. And he said, we have an online pastor. And I was joking with him this morning. I said, Mark, you got to tell me next time you say that I got (laughs) to book weeks off because people reach out to me because Carrie Newhoff is one of the biggest church leadership podcasts ever. Um, So, but it's been great. You know, I've gone talk to so many uh, one online pastors because we're trying to figure this out and churches are trying to do something with this and then other churches just about connecting and you know in different countries too talking to one of the a mega church in uh young south korea and just they got to watch our services and they're like what your services are really good they're really cool what are you doing here and we would have never they would have never known we existed if we didn't put our services online now we're talking to each other, we're praying for one another, we're helping each other, we're sharing resources. This is amazing. I love this as a, as a big church globally that we can just work together more as the church and just, and especially in Canada, we have to do this in Canada. We're so small, like uh, we have yeah. so many, there's like what, like if you create another denomination, it's like four churches of like, like, so we need to be working together and the state's a little bit different. You got bigger networks and different areas so they can categorize themselves a little bit differently. But especially in Canada, like we don't have enough people to like chop each other off and not talk to each other. We have to work together. So that's what I think is great about online in the post COVID world to answer your question is it's helping us with people and it's helping our movement of churches grow. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not talking about village. I'm talking about the church, any church that you're a part of, 
It's helping us grow together to just strategize and see what's happening. It's also the, um, so many like rumors in like the church world of like, do you hear this? I heard that. It's like, you can see what it is. It's so vulnerable and like transparent. It's like, there's not hiding anything. Like I go and look at life church all the time. I go look at Saddleback church all the time. Like, what are you guys doing? Uh, elevation, like the, the big dogs. And I can see exactly what they do. I sign up. I've signed up for so many different churches, like volunteering and next steps is like, how are you going to treat me as a person? And I got to see the ones that got back to me and go through the training process. What? It's like, I, I know exactly what's happening in these churches. I'm like, like a, a member church, of all of them. Like a mystery shopper. I am. I am. I just, but it's great. Like we can do that. And people have done that with us too. We've gone through, um, you know, chatting with other uh, church leaders. It's, it's been great. Yeah. Well, we need each other now, you know, so a lot of what you're saying sounds like a lot of work. Like, you, you know, you're when, if you're going to see the people behind every click and, and it's about building relationships and, and investing in and discipling people there, there aren't really any limits on the internet right? So the potential is immense, which is awesome in terms of the potential for the gospel, but that must be a lot of work. Like, first of all, do, do like, how is that sustainable? Even for you as someone who this is your whole job, do you have to build teams or like, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I think it is a lot of work. Um, but I think the verse that has come to my mind and I constantly tell one of our executive pastors who oversees our sites, I'm like, Hey, can I have more help? Which, you know, it's a lot of work, but the reason is I point, we have our ministry center and right next to us is a plot of land that we want to build a building one day. And I literally point out the window using the, I'm pushing my hand back cause you won't be able to see me. I'm trying to give you this image. <laughs> I'm like, opening myself up, pushing my hand behind me, pointing at this plot of land. And I say the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. How many mm-hmm. people I just, I ask him, I say, how many people do you want to reach? And I say, let's get more workers. And he, and he's amazing because I'm going to publicly shout him out. Gord Fleming is our executive pastor. He's, he's so helped our church. Just he's on mission and he's a great guy. So shout out Gord Fleming. Um, but he, he gets me help and he said, okay, how can we rework this person's staff? How can we rework Mm -hmm. this person's, how can we hire more? Can we get more budget? Um, and that really gives us a good image for our giving too, as a pastor. Like I so believe in what we're doing is like, uh, yeah, give more money. Like I just tell people like, can you just give like, Hey, we need more staff to Mm -hmm. reach more people. Um, so it is a lot of work, but that's what Jesus tells us. The harvest is plenty for the workers workers are few. So nowhere in my life, I think in the church world, has that been more true that we've been able to see that truth. It's always been true, but we've been able to see that, I think. Um, So what is important, I think, is not the question because that's an infinite amount of work and we can never do that. What is your calling as a church? Who are you called to reach? Because you do, you are a pastor, you have a church staff, you have volunteers, now reach those people. So it's, it's not going to ever be a question of like, nobody's coming to our church. That's not, that's, that can't be said anymore. Who are you going after as a church? And, and, and that's, I, is, that, is that a problem in their church? That's like, um, like, I don't even get like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. There's an infinite amount of work that we can do. But that's always been the case before. Like, did we run mm. out of, that's not the question that we've been asking. Our churches have been on a decline. Churches are dying. Churches are closing. So, um, and even more so because of COVID. I don't know. Um, I think so. So mm. um, the amount of work shouldn't be a question. We need more jobs. You know, pastors need a job. You start up a church and go after the people. It's like the best market in the world. People. It's so, yeah, I don't, I don't even resonate with the the paradigm of that question yeah i mean i not think to, not to no i'm not saying this a bad question but i'm just to like no rework our mind to say yeah of course it's a lot of work that's what that's why we that's why i work full-time that's why my full-time salary is for the yeah. church because we need workers and i want to spend every single hour i can to do that yeah and i think no i think that's a good perspective in that 
those people, that harvest has always been there. It's just opening your eyes up to see it. I think where the question comes from and, and you know, is recognizing that, you know, the average church in Canada is uh, quite small. You know, I think, I, I don't know what the exact numbers are. I think it's less than a hundred people, something like that. Um, you know, so most churches, most pastors might be the only person on staff and, or maybe there's one or two other people, but there, there just isn't the capacity to have somebody who's full job is focused on online. And so it's, it's kind of, um, I guess asking the question of, so, you know, we, we talk about, obviously everyone's online, people are online, the harvest that we're trying to go after, they are online already and we, it's important to go after them. And, um, but, you know, for a lot of pastors, they're like, I, it takes all of my job to get even the stuff that is online that they're interacting with, yeah. let alone connecting with this infinite potential, potential number of people. So like, do you have any, any thoughts around that or even what churches, like, like where would even be a place to start in terms of being more intentional about engaging those people? So we're not ignoring them, we're not ignoring the fact that there are real people behind the click, um, but in a way that isn't completely overwhelming, especially as they're exhausted right now. Right. Yeah, I think that's, I totally resonate with that. And I don't want to minimize the burnout and the stress because this is what's important to realize. We have spent generations learning how to communicate and structure churches in a certain way. And basically overnight it changed. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking more about this in the Immerse program, like in their seminaries, we get taught to preach and communicate. And it's like, this is, is this even a biblical idea in communication? Like we have um, seminar classes about inflection and tone and imagery. It's like, I don't think all of those are actually biblical ideas. Those are cultural ideas to say, how do you reach your culture? Well, you got to talk like this and you got to start with a hook. It's like, is not starting with a hook a sin or is like, did the Bible instruct us to talk like, no, that's a cultural idea. And I think all that preaching is great. Like I'm not, I'm just saying, let's understand it. So it instantly changed, which sucks because we have to adapt, but let's adapt and now, you know, when is our seminary class and like our immersed class talking to a camera, you know, because this is now, you know, in the, in the assessment, don't um, preach for 15 minutes live. Send us a 15 minute video of you preaching. And because we've learned non-biblical principles before as pastors, organizational stuff, how to schedule meetings. Uh, most pastors have an idea about staging and lighting and sounds. Our worship pastors definitely have that. Those aren't mm -hmm. print, those aren't biblical theological skills they have. They have to know about how to plug in a guitar and make sure it sounds good and do the mixes. Well, now that we've just had that changed, so that's what sucks about it. But let's just hire and learn new skills because we're just going to all have to understand here's how the camera works here's how editing you don't need to be an expert in those areas but you were a lot of pastors were experts about communication skills you know a lot of pastors were experts in these other skills sorry that it changed overnight but let's adapt and work together mm -hmm. and now say you have to understand how video editing works how cuts work how cameras work you don't be an expert but familiarize yourself just like social media most pastors have a Instagram account as a Facebook account. Let's just become more familiar with these things and utilize them for what our role is. So yeah, I'd say it's twofold. One, yes, unfortunately we have to learn new skills. Um, let's just give each other grace. And that's what's helpful about um, breaking down walls. I think we are forced to do that. How can we help and support you? Maybe mm -hmm. you partner um, uh, in Maple Ridge, a group of one of our churches, they did an Easter service together, right? They, they, one, uh, some of these preachers, some of these musicians, one video file, you edit it, you mix it, we set, we all stream it. Great. Yeah. You know, how beautiful is that picture um, that we're using our resources together to do things like that? You know, could we borrow that file? Could you help us do this? Um, 
But that's not an excuse to learn those skills and get better at those things. They're just becoming more and more familiar in, in our world. So that's kind of what I'd say to that is like, we could go after more people. I could go after more people, mm-hmm. um, but I hit my limit. So it's not a bad thing to like say there's more work to be done, but the work that you have to do is the people work. Mm-hmm. reach the people. And if you have a people under your flock that you're shepherding, discipling, great. Hopefully, if that's happening well, those people would grow up, bring more people. They would help hold some of these roles. Now we have more people part of a church. There's probably more staffing. We can hire some of these extra roles. So it starts yeah. small and grows big. But I see that it, that's the, I see that as the exact same thing that was happening before. So it's just different, you know, a different, a little bit of different equation, but it's still people more people do better at what you're doing and then continuing just keep doing that and more and more so it's not a bad thing to have um to have a focus to say these 80 people or these even 20 people are my calling and i'm gonna disciple them and shepherd them and that's my full thing okay great you're fulfilling your calling but if you're saying i want to reach more people here's the equation go after that right have you used volunteers to do any of the, you know, this work of connecting with people and, and engaging those who are connecting online? Well, we do our biggest discipleship vehicle is community groups. So I find you, you know, I might be the first person to talk to you and say, hey, we actually have a group, um, you know, join this group. And then that person is reaching out to them, giving them the information. We have systems and structures where it doesn't even have to go through me. They just sign up for the thing. That leader is trained to reach out to that person, bring them into as part of their group and disciple them. You know, right before this call, I was having a phone call with one of our community group leaders. Huge thing happened in our group. I'm discipling her, helping her, gonna give her resources, praying for her, and she's discipling those people. And mm-hmm. And it just, keeps going and so on and so on. That's our goal is to, you know, if we had a hundred community groups, we had a next layer of coaches, what we call them over those groups, maybe a, maybe another layer over those groups. I don't know how many layers we go at that, but it's a pyramid. It's not a pyramid scheme, but it's a pyramid. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, even if you're in a church that's growing in an in-person thing, it's still the, the dilemma that gets faced. It's why we have, right community groups in the first place that right. started as an in-person um, thing to do and as a church got larger and you said well we can't all know each other in the way that we're called to be in Christian communities so let's break into smaller groups and right do the exactly. pyramid thing <laughs> exactly <laughs> um oh my goodness there's I feel like we could talk about this for like we, we might have to have you come back for a third time Zach <laughs> So much. I think about this 24 seven. I have dreams about this stuff. So I yeah. could keep talking. And the, the crazy thing about it is I don't know, you know, like if you had it's me on brand new. Yeah. I mean, and it, with COVID, it is, right? it's it is not brand new, new, but this, right. the scope of it is brand new. You could have me on, you know, next week and I might say something different. You know, it's like, actually we found this works and um, we're not even out of this COVID moment is what I like have to keep reminding myself, but also get reminded by our executive team. I'm like, what about this? What about this? And it's gray. We don't know. You know, honestly, a percentage, I just say this as hopefully encouragement, a percentage of people who are online right now are going to leave when physical gatherings Mm -hmm. open up. I don't know what that percentage is. Could be 1%, could be 60%, could be 100%. It's not going to... I would not bet any money that's going to be a hundred percent because I've experienced this for people. Um, you know, if I, I don't know, I couldn't even guess, but probably like between one and 60% would probably be my guess. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know some of these things. I don't know what those are going to look like, but we're in this time. Um, and you know, not to get yeah. too real, but vaccinations are running out slow. You know, we've been in this for a year. People have met Jesus in this past year. If I didn't do this work, eternities wouldn't have changed. And I'm going to keep doing this work until after. And then when I get those answers, we'll pivot and change and just work and give each other lots of grace and 
keep yeah. encouraging each other and keep going. That's what we're supposed to do as a church, I think. Right. And I mean, we're remembering that it's God's church. And yeah. so he, you know, nothing's going to overcome it. And we can keep following him as he leads us in how to reach the people he's already working, trying to reach and how totally. we get to join in with him. Um, I love, yeah, I love that. As soon as you said that, I got the picture of the, the talents. Like, it's like, mm. let's just, let's invest these so crazily. Cause it's like Jesus says in the parable, it's like, don't you know that I own this? And if you lost it, like I, I can get more, like this is my stuff. So let's not bury it in the ground. Like let's go invest it and risk it. And you know, he's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, when we go out and we step out in faith, it's like multiply hundredfold. And yeah. if it doesn't, we lose it all. It's like, here's, here's some more, like it's yeah. his church and why. So this has been, I love this time. Like COVID has sucked in so many ways and I've definitely mentally struggled from it. Um, but God's using it. He makes beautiful things, out of horrible messes. And it's definitely ushering us into a new age of church. hundred percent. Amen. Well, are there any resources that might be helpful to someone who wants to engage even a little bit more or, or just wants to look into? Totally. Um, I mean, Life Church is the GOAT, the greatest of all time in this area. Um, so their life.church um, or open.church, is that what it's called? Uh, is, we'll is find available. It. You'll put it in the description. I will find it and yeah. put it in the description. Yep. You can find it. Uh, you know, like bless them as an organization. I think it's crazy that they created the church online platform, like a hundred thousand churches signed up for it last March. It's like they single handedly in that one week helped how many millions of people experience church that week and give churches hope for a, a, a platform. Yeah. You know, the U version Bible app. I think about that. I, uh, we have a Facebook group, which I'll talk about in a second, but I just posted, hey, I'm doing this Bible reading. Who wants to join me? So easy. I picked the the Bible, the, the book that we're in. You know, I think like 12 or 13 people joined me. We're posting our comments. Because of that, I was able to see the heart of a guy that I kind of knew. Uh, even the other day, I was messaging him. I just really saw that he had the heart of God um, God's been working in his heart just because of what he was sharing. Now I'm totally have a direction, a plan of leadership for him. Um, it's going to be amazing what God's going to do. Um, so these little things. So anyways, they also have a resource. Um, Alan George was their, uh, online pastor before he stepped to a different role of consulting, but they have so many great resources on their website. Um, Facebook is such an important thing. Um, Nora Jones is uh, works for Facebook and she helps with um, the religious side. They actually worked with her. So she created a book called Social Media to Social Ministry, I believe it's mm -hmm. called. It's a great read to start a Facebook group to just have that as your foyer. Your online foyer is kind of the idea about that. Um, Jay Kandra is the online pastor at Saddleback. He has a lot of resources. You can just Google his name and he does like YouTube videos and talks about this stuff. Um, yeah, those are some good ones. Awesome. Well, this, I mean, this has been amazing. Zach, it's so, it's so great to even to hear the passion that you have and you have such an incredible pastor's heart. And I, um, thank you for, even so, so succinctly putting the, the focus on the people and you, that's, that is what it's all about. It's about reaching yeah. people and, you know, making disciples from before knowing Jesus, leading them into that and all the way to, to full spiritual growth. And um, it's really incredible to see what you're doing and uh, how passionately you go after that. So thank you. Um, I did want to, I had another question and this is because it's more personal. This is about yes. you. So the, the, it's actually two questions. Um, one is just, you know, it's not for any of us. It's not easy days to be in ministry. It's, COVID. it's never, it's never been easy. Mm -hmm. Like ministry has never been an easy thing, but there's a lot of challenges right now. So the first thing would be, how can we as fellowship Pacific be praying for you as one of our pastors? Mm. And then uh, secondly, 
just what gives you hope right now? Like, what is it that keeps you persevering? I think we've maybe heard some of it, but, but yeah. what keeps you persevering and coming back day in and day out in this work? Yeah, I think for all of me as a pastor, um, I mentioned it, like COVID hasn't been easy. There's been, um, I read this, one of our pastors shared this article just this morning um, and languishing is this term. I don't know if you've heard this. I just saw uh, that. Yeah. So this is yeah. a about, it's a in between like maybe mental health, depression, and, you know, just kind of sad, I guess, is this idea that this life is just kind of happening and it's a daze. Totally. Yeah. I've experienced this. It was, mm -hmm. it, I think it's a revolutionary term. It's like, that's me. I like, I don't know when my day starts or day ends. Cause I'm just in my house and I don't do anything. And does anything really matter? Uh, I think I'm depressed. Wait, I'm not that depressed. Like things are fine, but sun is nice. Anyway, so that's a quick definition. This is yep. like, I, I, I think we've lots of people, I'll just say, have experienced. I've totally experienced that. Uh, sun coming out in BC has been nice to sit outside. So we just, and Satan just totally uses all of that, any way that he can use. So we totally need prayer in that to just be, I don't even know what the answer is, but we need God in that. Um, I think we need to help open up physical connection is definitely part of it. Um, and uh, one of my last papers in Immerse I wrote, um, I had this key, it's like my philosophy of ministry and like what it means to be a pastor. And I had this line, I just find it to be more and more true all the time from Jesus. I won't take claim. Um, being a pastor is the best and the worst thing. I, I get to talk to people. I get to do gospel community. I get to pray with people. I just like, I get to study the Bible. I got sermon preaching up like, and, and I got to experience some of that today. Got coffee, went outside, was on the phone call talking about this and like being honest. It's the hardest thing. Like, I don't know where my work begins. My church life is my church, my family, my salary. It affects my wife. You know, gossip is expectations. I just want to turn off. I want to do other things. Am I going to put this on social media? I don't want to talk to this person. Stop calling me this text. This person is texting me weird stuff. I think I feel guilty about it because what are you talking? This is breaking tons of boundaries. I just want to quit this whole thing. Both of those are true simultaneously. Um, and I don't know how to manage that. And in times like this, I'm jacked up. Next, tomorrow, I'll be stressed out of my mind. Mm -hmm. And this week, I had trouble sleeping, uh, nervous, ex anxious about an event we have coming up. Um, so those concept and languishing, we always need prayer and we always need to be attentive. And we just have to put Jesus first in all of that. Um, so praying for me personally for all that, I think praying for all of our pastors, that's my prayer for all of our pastors as well. Mm -hmm. And then what was the second part of that question? So what gives you hope? What, <laughs> what, keeps, you, hope? what keeps you going? Well, I think Jesus uses that even the best part of being a pastor. We get the front lines of doing that. Um, and I think God brings hope when we need it too. It's almost like, here's the thing keeps you going. And then in the ditches, um, I just know God's real and he gets to show me just a quick story. Um, pray, guy from Tennessee, uh, Lebanon, Tennessee. He reaches out. He's been tracking with village. We get on a phone call together. He's talking about something and um, just about what to do with his life. He's graduating college. He's like, I don't know what I should be doing. I think ministry. I said, we talk and I said, let me just pray for you. I try to pray with everyone. I think it's a good pastor thing to do. I don't know. Um, and no really reason um just start praying and one thought that came to my mind not distinctly it's just kind of talking and these are the words that came out is god it's not even about sometimes what we do but how we do that and i just ask that you take the peace off this guy and um just know that you're in control and that he doesn't have to pick the right answer that you're the right answer in all things something along those lines after he's like you will not believe that meant so much to me. He's getting emotional. He's like, that's exactly what I felt God was saying in my quiet time yesterday. And um, like, it's just times like that. It's like, okay, God, you're real. Holy Spirit, you're in me. My salvation is secure. Like, that'll keep me going for like six months. I'm good. Yeah. Like, and I think God will bring those moments. And then, but there's times when faithfulness is remembering what God did to keep you going for the moment and the struggle that you're in today. And we so easily forget that. I was talking this yesterday in our small group, like Israelites are like two seconds later, they turn their head. They're not even like fully 180. I think they're like 96 degrees. 
Like, we need a new golden calf. Like, who got who? Like, uh, that's us. Every single second. We barely are turning our head away from what we just saw God do. Holy Spirit moved in a way that's like so impactful. This guy, I turn him like, ah, emails. I'm so anxious. Like, I got all this stuff to do. It's like two, what? Did you just forget what just happened? So uh, I think remembering uh, is always like, God help me. That's kind of my prayer sometimes is God help me take that moment and use it for faithfulness tomorrow that you're in control because I so easily forget. Um, so those moments, God brings me hope, I think, to answer the question. But another prayer request is that I would remember those things as hopefulness for what's to come. Yeah. Remember and choose to believe. That's good. Good. Well, thank you, Zach. Thank you so much for taking this time. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. There's a lot to think about when it comes to how we use the digital tools that are available to us. And I hope this conversation was helpful to you as you process what that looks like for your own church or ministry and the people God has called you to reach. If nothing else, let's make sure we don't forget that we're talking about real people. Behind every click, comment, and like is a real person who needs to be cared for and discipled. If there is any way that we can help you with this, or if there is any other support that you need right now, remember that our team here at the Fellowship Pacific Ministry Center is here to serve you. For a full list of resources that we have available and contact information for everyone on our team, visit our website at www.fedpacific.ca.